For those of you listening in for the first time or are new to the She Sells 2 network, we are Jenny and Ellen and we started She Sells 2 to empower women in sales. In this cross-Atlantic podcast with Ellen in Dublin and Jenny in Toronto, we're looking to empower women out there in sales to be their absolute best. In this podcast, we'll be sharing stories, tips and tricks, best practices, and the learnings we're getting along the way. Hi, Shisal Sue Network. So exciting to have you listening for our 10th episode. And this is actually a special one, as the guest of today is our newest addition to the team, Eleanor Flood. In this episode, you'll get to know Elle, why she joined She Sells 2, how she's somewhat of an expert at resilience, and her best tips on landing a job throughout the COVID crisis. Enjoy, and as always, follow us on Instagram and LinkedIn. Welcome everyone to, I don't even know which number of episode this is, She Sells 2 podcast. We are super excited today because we have our newest member of the team with us, Elle Flood. Welcome to the team, Elle, first of all. Hi, girls. Thanks for having me. Welcome. So excited to have you here. Honestly, I'm so excited. It's awesome. Yeah, like, it's funny with this recording, like, Ellen's sitting in in Dublin. Uh, Are you in Dublin as well, Elle? I am, yeah. Okay, that's great. And myself is in Toronto. And uh, obviously, we apologize a little bit in advance for if there is, like, noise that's not supposed to be there but we are all used to it starting us off Elle why did you want to join She Sells 2? Sure so honestly I think when She Sells 2 first started up like a year and a half ago was it? Um, Yeah so I was honestly I loved the idea about it I just thought it was so exciting I loved the message it was spreading to the world everything about it because it's something I felt throughout um, joining tech is that there was a lack in uh, female leadership positions. So honestly, when you girls reached out and asked me to join, I was literally jumping for joy. And I think it came at quite um, a good point for me because I had actually just finished Adroll and I was planning on traveling, relocating. Obviously that had to get canceled due to coronavirus. So I was back job searching. And what I loved is while I was job searching on my break, so it you know, look for different content for She Sells too. And I feel like I'm constantly looking out for different things that I could post up and hopefully inspire more women to consider sales as a career path. Amazing. It's so exciting. And I think both of me and me and Jenny feel kind of very proud that you wanted to join because obviously it's a project that's very close to our heart. We love it so much. But just the fact to feel that it gives a lot of value to someone else and that someone else wants to join our team. That's like, wow, it is actually creating an impact for people. So we're very happy to have you on our team. And one of the reasons that we do think it's so nice to get you in is like we get your knowledge, we get your motivation, your inspiration, but we also get someone that can help us build our vision forward and come in with new perspectives. So one of the questions we also wanted to ask you is like, what would be you know, your dream vision for She Sells 2 if we would go five years down the line? Sure. So for me, I think She Sells 2 has grown really, really quickly in the short time that um, it's been live. I mean, you guys have great visibility, you've spoken with amazing people. I mean, in terms of five years time, what I would love to see is She Sells 2 being asked to speak at events like Women in Tech Summit, which takes place in Dublin every year, or even to get invited into Facebook or Google or any of these companies and talk about women in leadership, talking about resilience, and even sharing some of the challenges that we've all experienced or 
gender bias that we've experienced. And then hopefully, you know, in those companies, if people are feeling that, they can feel more of a community and then hopefully from that grow in their career into senior leadership leadership positions. That's amazing. And uh, like, that's obviously like a dream vision for us as well uh, yeah. in the future, just being able to affect more women out there. And it is hard as a social media thing, as you start off, there's so many out there. So it's hard to kind of like to break through. But I also feel like every person that we speak to, and we've spoken to since we started this, I can't emphasize enough, everyone is just so positive about it. And I think it's almost overwhelming that you just you can speak to and just to give an example, the other day, I got a message from uh, the SDR manager here in the North American market at Slack. And she shared with me that one of the people that she interviewed, and he was a guy, listened to our podcast and said he loved it in his interview. So little nuggets like that, I really hope will make us grow. And I, I love that vision that you have uh, of the company or the organization. What I think is so interesting as well is that, as you say, Elle, that is something, you know, if we could be a part of different kind of talks, events, it's so transferable across, you know, different industries, uh, different vertical countries and everything. And, you know, I think people need to hear these stories more. Um, I attended a women in sales event the other day that was live from Sweden, and they were talking about the same things that we've been talking about here, you know, how much we are in need of female role models and maybe how stereotypes in our upbringing are preventing women from going into sales. And it's crazy that it's the same conversation going on in Sweden as we've heard here in Dublin, as and as I'm sure you've heard in Toronto, that it's such globally spread. And to be able to think that now we're free people doing this globally, that we could help having this global impact. So I just think it's, yeah, it's insane. That's amazing. I think something else that is um, really interesting as well is I actually had a guy reach out to me maybe about a week ago um, who works in Google and he said, you know, I'd love the initiative that you're running, particularly the role model initiative. And he said, my manager is in a senior in uh, leadership and actually all five positions within that department were all women. And he was saying, it's great. It's a really unique position. Do you want to talk to my manager? And then straight away, um, I was able to schedule a call there. So I thought that was really exciting, um, you know, just for even as well for a guy to feel, yes, there's, there's definitely a difference in male and female leadership, you know, definitely talk to my my manager and then she can share her story as well. So I just think the ripple effect of this is huge. That's so good. And I think that's important to highlight as well. You know, just because we want more women in sales, it doesn't not support men in sales as well. I think the more women we can get in, it's about creating a mix. Like we want men, women, people from different cultures, countries, just to create a mix of people so we get as many perspectives as possible. So it's not about not having men in sales, but creating a good creation of all people in sales. I definitely think that's a really important call out because there's so many different studies done and it's all about diversity. It's always those companies that do well. So it's having obviously a mix between genders, but also race, religion, so many different factors and having different people's views and thoughts on it. I think it just adds to a company's success as well. And for me personally, I love working with different people, different genders, different um, loads of different things because you just get a better sense of uh, different cultures around the world. That's awesome. Also, just to go back to, I would bring it back a little bit, just for people that might not know, know too much about you or who you are, 
could you just tell us a little bit about yourself, but also some of the challenges and successes that you've seen over the last couple of years? Sure, of course. So I am quite new, I think, in my sales career. When I finished college, I actually did an internship in accounting, uh, which I really enjoyed, got a really good feel for the professional world. And I also realized from that, that it wasn't the career that I wanted to go into. So then after college, I started an ad role where I had the pleasure of meeting both of you girls. And it was amazing. I loved how lucrative it was. I love having my own revenue figure. I had to work towards the camaraderie of sales, everything. I was just completely bought into it. So I was in ad role just shy of four years. And I definitely, I suppose some challenges that I experienced was probably the SDR role. And I'm conscious there's probably a lot of SDRs that are listening to this podcast. Um, although it's seen as like a junior role, it is such a tough role. And I reflect back on ad role and I'd say my SDR days were definitely the toughest days. You know, building up interest from people that don't want to speak to at that time. It's a really, really tough role. And I think then when you nail it, it just speaks volumes to your capabilities. And it's so good then for learning um, the AE role. And then I suppose my biggest challenge with both of you girls are aware of was, I suppose, how long was it going now? A year and a half ago, when I suppose my life just in the click of a finger got turned upside down. Um, I do speak about this in another podcast with Mark Maxwell. So if anyone's interested, you can check it out there. But unfortunately, I found um, a tumor at the side of my neck um, and got bad news a couple of weeks later that it was a stage four thyroid cancer. So it's really scary. I went through this whirlwind of, um, you know, different surgeries and different treatments and things like that as well. And it was really scary. It definitely put a lot of things into perspective for me. But I think some really nice things came from it. And that was, you know, really, um, my family are always close, but it really brought us really close together as well. And then since that, you know, coming back into the world and back into the world of sales, it's made me realize what I'm really looking for in my career, what's important for me in my next challenge. So I'd say that's probably been my, my biggest milestone to date. One thing that really inspires me with that is that you went through something that tough in your life and you kept on working in sales throughout. And the most amazing to me with that and the takeaway that I take from that is that you're still in sales. After going through something that changed you, like fundamentally kind of like, you know, like you when you're in a tough situation like that, you you just naturally end up looking at what is important to me? What do I value in life? Where, where do I wanna go from here? Like wh what's closest to my heart? And it's amazing to me to see that you're, you're still in sales. You're still like this hardcore, super cool, like saleswoman who just like goes for it. Uh, and that's a true inspiration for me. And I just have to ask there because as Jenny say, you went through something that, you know, could fun fundamentally change like the whole you like all your values what do you think like even going through all of this what made you still stay in sales like what is it that you love with sales so much that you're still here kind of in it sure and thank you so much for that that really means so much i think for me so when i got diagnosed it was in august so it was q3 and honestly that quarter i was doing really well so i said can i just finish out this quarter because i think i think i'm going to do well and I think I ended up getting 133%. And my manager very kindly did. And he said, we'll assess next quarter when it comes to it. And then when I started off next quarter, I had about 40% going in. So I said, could we hold off? Could I just still continue to work and see what it's like? 
and I think for me, I know people sometimes, you know, you need a break from work. For me, when I was sick, work was my break. And I love the idea of helping people, talking to them. I got a bit of a laugh when they were asking for or panicking about certain things with their campaigns, given I was sitting in a hospital bed. But it just, it was the only thing that was normal for me in life. It was the only thing that, you know, my only attachment to my own life. And I just didn't want to let go of that. So I really enjoyed it. It it kept me going. And I was delighted that I worked with a company that valued me enough and didn't force me into any decisions. And I, I still continue to work. And to be honest, for me, it was also, I didn't want to admit that I was sick enough to stop working. So that kept me going. I kept saying, I'll be back in a few weeks, even though it wasn't. It turned out to be nine months, which was definitely a roller coaster. But that was sort of like my my symbol of hope. And then when I got back to work, I could finally say, I'm back. You know, I'm through all of that. And I'm going to work really, really hard this um, year. And um, that's why I think I was especially proud um, of my performance in 2019, because I secured a all-expenses-paid trip to Hawaii, which should have taken place in March, but unfortunately couldn't happen, which is totally fine. But just winning that, um, it was amazing. I, it's, it's really my, my most proud moment today. It really shows how brilliant you are in sales that you can achieve, like the performance that we've been seeing you deliver throughout the years, despite everything that you've been going through. And I also believe, you know, everyone says that if you go through something tough, like a an illness or what it can be, like your mentality is really important. And obviously we can't say for sure, but probably this thing that you hold on to your sales career, that you had something to work for, I would guess that it probably has a large impact on how well you got through it as well. So it's very, very good to see. Thank you. I think that you develop good empathy. So you're able to, you know, look at people that are maybe struggling. And I, I will happily admit, I didn't, didn't think I had good empathy before. Um, but now if somebody's struggling or anything like that, I really feel for them and I, and I want to help them get through that. And then on the flip side, I feel like it also gives me the ability to look at a problem and where I traditionally would have freaked out and got stressed about certain things, I can say, this isn't really a big deal. I've been through worse and, you know, I can get through this if I'm in a particular sticky situation. No, that's very good to hear. And I think you have so many learnings and advice to share with us all. So I think we need to pick your brain a whole lot more on this at some point. Uh, but one thing I did find quite, what do you say, like funny actually, is that you said, you know, when you were going for your treatment, you had a period where you did radiation and you had to be isolated. And you were like, yeah, funny enough, it kind of reminds me a bit about the situation we're in now. So can you just tell us like, how are you going through isolation now? And how can you compare it to something as tough as radiation? And what learnings did you have that you can take with you? Sure, it's actually quite funny because this time last year, I was radioactive and in isolation. So I didn't think I'd ever be in a situation that I would be in isolation again so soon to after being in it before. So it's quite funny how the world changes. And I suppose just to give people a bit of oversight. So the treatment of thyroid cancer and every single case is so, so, so different. But typically you get surgery and then you go for radiation treatment. So you need to prep your body before and go on this crazy diet. So I was going into work every day with like five lunch boxes filled with food. You know, I couldn't eat salt. So that's quite, you know, it's in everything. And there was days at, you know, three, four o'clock, I'd just have to leave work because I was honestly just too hungry. 
So then after that, I went into radiation and basically what happens is you go into this room, there's about five of them in Ireland, you get given a, a tablet and then the minute you take it, hospital, so the doctors, nurses, everyone needs to leave the room because you're radioactive and essentially like a human power station. So um, they left the room and then for four days I was by myself in there. And to be honest, the first time I did radiation, I didn't cope very well. I was really tired. I cried loads. I was really weak. Um, but the second time I had to do it, which was um, April, I was definitely more prepared mentally for it. And I went in there. I had structure. I'd wake up every morning at 8. I'd listen to the news. The priest would come in, give me the newspaper. Um, I did some yoga, meditation. The gardener would go by outside, so I'd chat to him from inside the window. <laughs> um, so I think having that human interaction through a window um, was really good. And I had more people come to visit me, but it was sort of sort of like prison style. So I was in one room holding up a phone, chatting to them, and then they were in a room sort of down the hall chatting to me through the phone. So a very weird situation. Um, and then when I came out after four days, you're still radioactive, but you're okay to be around people. So again, I had to isolate and sit at different ends of the couch and different ends of the um, uh, the dining table. But I mean, once you have structure in your day and you know that, you know, this is going to end at some point, which I appreciate the pandemic, we don't know when it's going to end, but the only thing we know for sure is that it will end. So I think holding on to that, you know, deciding what are you going to do once all of this ends and then just living for that is the best way to get through it. I think... That those are great tips. And I, I wanted to actually dig a little bit deeper there and see if, you know, for people that are really struggling with maybe mental health right now or feel like they're locked up somewhere and sitting in their apartment and can't go outside for, for being someone who has experienced that type of isolation before, uh, previous to this pandemic, what would be your top tip of like keeping keeping any form of positivity or just trying to stay sane through for a process like that? Sure. So firstly, I think that there's two things here. Um, and I'm reading a book at the moment that I think would resonate a lot with people. And it's called The Growth Mindset by Carol Dweck. And this was recommended to me by a mentor actually from Avril. And it basically says that we have, sometimes in our lives, we have little control in a situation. It's like right now, we have so little control of the pandemic. I had very little of control of my illness and basically accepting it for what it is, not wallowing in the situation and just say, okay, what are the particular steps I'm going to do to get out of this space? So for me, when I was sick, it was funny because my parents would naturally be really stressed and asking loads of questions to my doctor. And I'd say, forget about how this happened or how I got it or all those minor questions. And I just said, what do I need to do? What's next steps? When can we get it booked in? So I think, um, you know, just accepting that you are in this situation and how are you going to get out of it? Um, and the second thing is, is that, you know, when you're in isolation, you'll see things on social media, like people going for 5k runs and baking and all of this amazing stuff. And that is incredible to do. But I would also highlight to not feel pressure to do this just because you see it online. You want to sit and you know, sit on Netflix for the whole day, not get out of your pajamas, then do that. You know, it's completely fine. But I do think there can sometimes be pressure about all the amazing things we're doing during the pandemic. But I just think it's important to 
do whatever you want to do and what's important for you. You don't need to get something out of this or become an amazing runner or anything after this. Just accept that it's weird and do whatever you want to do. No, I like that idea that you say that what are the next steps kind of so that you make sure that you have an action plan, especially for me, for someone a bit of a control freak and always love planning. And I remember I once heard a guy, I think it was on a Swedish podcast, and he said, like, always have a plan for your day because that will make you feel more in control. But that plan could be like, today, I'm only going to watch Netflix. So I think it's good, like, you know, make sure that you feel in control, but you are also in control of what you want to do. So if that is just, you know, take care of yourself and not do anything, that's fine too. But I think it's very interesting what you say and some good points there. I think so too. And it's great tips. And especially that's something I actually thought a little bit about with the whole She Sells 2 initiative. I want to make sure that we give out that message as well, like one day at a time post. And even though it might sound cliche and like, you know, very social media inspo, like it's something that I think currently even someone who might really struggle with that they're not doing anything right now or they just lost their job might look at an initiative like us and feel pressure versus like just feeling a positive like I can sit and watch Netflix all day today it's okay I don't have to change the world I think it's great just to talk about it and also just make sure that everyone support each other throughout this whole thing so I, I love those tips that you had there yeah, and I think it's important that people are sharing both their ups and downs, which obviously a bit more hard in social media, like you don't want to share all the downs that you're having. But I think all of us have experienced that, you know, we might seem, as, as you say, Jenny, quite productive when we work with she sells too, but we've all had days when we're just like lying in bed, staring up the ceiling and don't want to do any single thing. And that has to be okay too. So yeah, I think we really want to spread like both sides of it. And uh, so at the moment, as you are working uh, on She Sells 2 with us here um, and you are you've taken us by storm, I would say it's like you're running several interviews and you've just taken time to learn writing articles. Just out of curiosity, what what drives you? What's your big motivator in doing that? Honestly, I just have such passion for what you're doing and the message that you're spreading. I know it probably sounds cliche, but for me, it's just not a chore. And I feel like I read so many things on Instagram or on LinkedIn, Instagram, on um, LinkedIn, or I sign myself up to loads of different articles, be it from the Medium, Forbes, any type of tech. And I love reading those and I love having a platform that I can share it on. And I think you both have both built up such a great network. I love sharing it and then getting people to actually read it. So honestly, it's a big motivator for me. And I think that that was further solidified in the interviews that I've been doing throughout this time. Everyone I spoke to are so pas passionate about She Sells too. And, you know, the interview can turn into something that's quite conversational then. And I really like it. Um, and something we spoke about at the start, I was so conscious that I don't want it, it to be viewed as um, like a male bashing thing or anything like that is just highlighting that there is a discrepancy in leadership positions and these are the couple of things that we're doing um, to help promote that but companies have asked me what should we do you know off your experience and she sells too what should we do and I love being seen as that advisor and I'm sure it's the same for both of you in your companies as well. Uh, no, for sure. And I think it's so amazing that companies are in that kind of position now that they are asking 
organizations like she says too or other like what can we do and i think that curiosity that they really want to learn shows how important it actually is and something like now when you're talking about you know the different articles that you read and you've been writing so many uh good content pieces for us uh one piece that i really loved and i think is so important now in this time when people are looking for jobs some have sadly been laid off and so on um you actually wrote an article for us about like your top tips on uh, getting a job now right now and what you should think about through the interview process if we would like talk about that quite briefly now what would be your like main advice on people that are looking for jobs at the moment sure so honestly my top tip of advice would actually be if you've been laid off from your job or anything like that take time to reflect and don't feel the need to jump into anything um you know really quickly for me um, someone very close to me is looking for a job in their industry isn't hiring at the moment. So they're considering just jumping into a new industry. And, you know, I've really had to say, look, I know it's so stressful not being able to get into a job within your industry. You're worried about not being able to pay rent, all of these different things. But, you know, what would happen if you got into a different industry and then six months down the line, you jump. Um, and I think it's just so important to use this time that if you have gotten laid off, take time to reflect realize what you want from your next career. And if it is a jump, then definitely do it. But I think it's so important to not jump into anything because you're scared. And as well as that, keep up your standards. So for me, I've, I've been interviewing for the past couple of weeks and there were days that I thought, should I lower expectation standards? Should I go for a different role, whatever it may be? And I quickly had to keep telling myself, no, I'll keep pushing yourself. You have your standards, stick to it. If the pandemic wasn't here, what would you be doing? So I think it is so important to keep going through that. Um, and for anyone here that is listening, you know, I've been going through interviews. So feel free to reach out if you want any more topics from the other thing. But I think my top advice would it be to just put in the time and effort. I have been really working from nine till six every day, <laughs> including weekends, learning everything about the business. And overall, I'm passionate about every company I've interviewed for. And I think that's imperative to any company that you choose next. Uh, yeah. And I think it's incredible what you're saying. And also, I've, I've followed you, your kind of journey since since you since you left Adderall and also since you started interviewing for for all these companies and uh, more to come on that as well. Uh, mm -hmm. But it's uh, it's been so impressive to see that and I you forget how how tough it is to apply for jobs and like how it's a full-time job to apply for jobs it's a, and as you're saying i i think this is a perfect time for people to actually take a break and just like looking at their career and their career path and maybe you want to rethink it maybe you want to try something new as well maybe you as you said like stick to your standards and see your value and i think that's something that it's obviously everyone has different like situations in life right now of like what they need to pay for and and all those different situations but it's i think you your point there of just like sticking to your standards and looking at where you want to go in your career is is great because um, now you have the time for it 
Yeah, and what I was saying and what we've been discussing as well before this is that to be okay to take some time to think about it, but also to know that there's never going to be a right or wrong answer when it comes up to which companies to choose. So just, you know, dare to go with your gut, because I think we all get that kind of feeling when we are in the right place or we're speaking to the right company, we will also feel it. So be okay to, you know, do pros and cons list, actually see which company would be the best fit, but also dare to have a part have your guts playing a part in decision as well yeah i think that's such good great or great advice ellen i remember you said to me as well you know try not to think about money or put money aside because it was the same for you when you came over here from sweden and you were interviewing with different places and you went with your gut and inevitably it was a great choice yeah, I'm more than happy about that. Like when I um, came to Dublin for my interviews, I was choosing between Agile and another company and everything was very similar in roles, pay, company and everything. But when I was at Agile, I just got this nice gut feeling. I just felt a bit of sense of calm and ease and that it would be a good home and family kind of. And honestly, Adderall feels like a part of my family. So I'm very happy about that. And that's why I really pushed the gut feeling in these kind of decisions. Love that. And yeah, one thing that we see now and we're on LinkedIn and I guess most salespeople would kind of be living there right now is that resilience is this kind of like buzzword going around during these times. And just wanted to ask you, Al, like what does that word mean to you and how do you practice that? It's a funny thing, resilience. I actually listened to Cheryl Sandberg's Q&A. She did a 40-minute Facebook Live um, on resilience and just some of the stuff she said really resonated with me. People often speak in resilience about, you know, your bounce back ability. Um, so you've been knocked down, you you know, you need to try and build yourself back up, get back into the working world or, you know, whatever has pushed you back in life. But it's like, how do you bounce forward? So how do you, again, speaking from the book of Carl Dweck, accept that you're sitting the situation that you're in and going forward so let's say you've been laid off and obviously naturally really upset about it so you're hoping to get back into a new role why don't you question yourself okay well maybe I can use this time to upskill there's tons of courses online that you can do and maybe go for a role that was even higher than what you were on before salary wise you know if you thought you know maybe go for that mid-market role go for that enterprise role whatever it may be um you know, ultimately, the worst that can happen if a company likes you, but thinks that you don't have the experience, they just put you for a different role. So I definitely think that's what resilience has been for me. So I definitely was knocked back having not been able to travel. Um, I didn't want to accept the first thing that came to me, I, I want to better myself from this. So I think that would be my understanding of resilience during this time. I think that's amazing. And I like this. It's not about bouncing back. It's about bouncing forward. And especially in a situation like this, because I know I'm usually like, I want things to go back to normal. And we want this kind of sense of security and what we're used to. But maybe we just have to see that we want to bounce forward to something better than what we're used to after this period of lockdown too. So yeah, maybe like we should not think about back. We should think about the future and what can be better out of it in all aspects of life too. And that kind of brings us to the last question, because obviously Jenny is in Toronto. She would need to get back to work soon. Uh, Elle, you and I need to get back to the sun eventually, because it's amazing in Dublin. <laughs> uh, but now, like, as soon as, like, the lockdown rules loses up, what, Elle, would be the first thing that you really want to do? What would I really want to do? Well, I need to see my boyfriend. It has been probably about six weeks now. Wow. 
hopefully by the time this podcast comes out, we'll be reunited. And then just to see all my friends, we've been doing so many Zoom hangouts and um, pub quizzes and they've been so much fun, but I'm just excited just to get back out again, go for drinks, enjoy the sun. Um, I think Ireland in the summer is one of the best places to be. So I hope we get to enjoy it this summer. Definitely. I think that's a really good first step after lockdown. Yeah, that's awesome. I, uh, yeah, I can't wait for even, I've said, I haven't lived here for that long. I moved here in August last year. I got to experience some amazing summer and autumn. But to me now, since this started, a big portion, especially working for a company like Slack, where they already announced that we're going to work to, from home until 1st of September. If and when like me and my boyfriend move back to Europe at some point, it will be a big part of my Toronto experience will be remembering the pandemic and COVID, which is, I keep on saying, because it's like, so far it's been eight months of, of living in this bubble, uh, or eight months, that's exaggerating, when it's over, like when yeah. we come home, and we don't even know when we'll go back to the office. So currently I'm trying to tell myself like, okay, make the best out of your Canadian experience even in the pandemic. So we're trying to just like rent bikes and like get away social distancing, but still outside. And yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting experience. It's crazy when you say it like that. And I mean, Jenny, I was meant to be with you in Toronto now too. So it's like, do not be sad about that. You can go later, but it is a weird one for sure. <laughs> it is. Uh, yeah. But girls, it was amazing chatting with you. And it, this gives me so much energy to chat with you, to see you. And yeah, I miss you both so much. So thank you for yeah having this recording together. And I'll hope, I very hope I see you soon. Great. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. Of course. Thank you, Al. Thank you.